Welcome to Mount Isa Birth Stories. This is a podcast for women who have birthed in Mount Isa to share their stories. We hope these conversations can help our fellow pregnant sisters feel more prepared for their birthing time. If you would like to share yours, please contact us on social media at Mount Isa Birth Stories. There is strictly no naming of our local nurses, midwives and doctors. Please note nothing in these episodes is to be taken as medical advice. Please see your healthcare provider if you have any medical concerns. Enjoy the episode. In today's episode, we have Sarah sharing the births of her three children, Tanner, Cody and Dusty, from an unnecessary induction with a forced episiotomy to a peaceful home birth with a private midwife. This clever and determined mother did not let the barriers living rule create stop her from getting a home birth with her third pregnancy. Sarah's journey through birthing her three babies has been truly transformative. Please note in this episode, we've received permission to use Sarah's wonderful midwife's name. Enjoy. So we've got Sarah here today and she's had three babies in Mount Isa. Do you want to start off by telling us about your first baby? Uh, Yeah, Tanner was born in Mount Isa Hospital. He, my waters broke at 28, uh, 38 and 5 and I didn't realise they had, they were leaking um, sort of all day I was up at Woolies and I was just doing normal things and then in the afternoon they really there was a, sort of a bigger gush and did I you went, just think you were like I just thought I was weighing myself pee? yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> um so we went up to the hospital all excited um I hadn't had any contractions or anything but it, it probably only took us about half an hour to get up to the hospital mm-hmm. um the midwife there tested my pad and she confirmed that it was amniotic fluid and she just monitored Bub for about half an hour and then she just said, come back tomorrow and we'll start you on the jungle juice. And I didn't know anything else, so mm. I went home. There was no discussion about how long you could safely you know, remain pregnant with ruptured waters. There was no discussion of options. There was nothing. She said, just come back at 7 o'clock. Um, so I did. I went back up at seven o'clock and I'd started having contractions. Wow. Really irregular. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely no pattern to them, but they were completely manageable. Um, so yeah, I got to the hospital at seven, eight o'clock. I was hooked up to the, they hooked me up to the Pitocin and by 11 o'clock I was in agony and I was screaming and I was, I remember just holding on to Chris's shoulders and kicking myself in the leg with one of my feet to oh. distract myself from the pain because the contractions were just back to back. I had no oh. space in between, no, and there was no, um, there was not one piece of advice from the midwives about positions or movement or, and I was hooked up to everything anyway, so I couldn't really move a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so of course I screamed for an epidural and old mate was there within about half an hour. I got the epidural. What was that process like? Was it... Did you have to... I had to lay on my side on the bed. Okay, yep. Still through a contraction while you're hooked up to Pitocin, which is... That was probably the most agonising part of the whole experience, trying to get the epidural. Mm -hmm. Uh, And things had been moving along really quickly. Like, so I got the the Pitocin at eight. By 11, I was seven centimetres. And I really regret getting that epidural because it really slowed everything down. Okay. So then from 11 till four... I only, mm-hmm. you know, progressed, what, three centimetres. Okay. And it just slowed everything down. Anyway, so then um, the obstetrician came in, uh, did a examination and said, oh, yeah, I'll come back at 4.30 and we'll start pushing. 
actually, sorry, just before the obstetrician did her examination, I remember the midwife giving me an examination and she actually ruptured my hind waters. Mm. So it was only my four waters that were leaking. Okay. And even she was surprised. She was like, oh, oh, that was, that was your hind waters. Mm. Sorry. I didn't realize at the time, but that just meant that my whole induction was completely unnecessary. Mm. Um, anyway, so the OB came back at 4.30. I was on my back with the epidural and my legs in the air and she said push and I pushed for the next hour. Mm. Um, so with the epidural, can you not feel? like I could what, feel. Do they back it off when you get to the end? So mine was on a drip. Okay. And I could push a button whenever I wanted it topped up. Okay. And it started running out probably when I still had about half an hour left. And I said to Chris, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he actually, and the midwife and the obstetrician were saying, don't push the button. You're nearly there. Don't push the button. You're nearly there. Um, but I was just in agony and mm-hmm. just didn't know what to do. So Chris actually pulled it off me and pushed the button for me. He was like, basically, fuck you <laughs> to the doctors. <laughs> yep. Um, Anyway, for some reason, the obstetrician had to leave and I was left with the midwives and I was pushing, 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 pushing. And she said, I'm going to cut you. And I said, no, no, please don't. I want to tear. And she said, just a little cut. And she cut me. Mm. Um, And that's an episiotomy. Episiotomy, sorry. Yeah. And then the obstetrician came back and I remember her saying, um, I said, oh, how big is the cut? And she said, it's only little. Midwives only do little cuts. She said, lucky I didn't do it. Uh. Anyway, so then Tanner was born um, and he was limp and blue, which I know now is normal, but it was really confronting when he came out and I saw that. And he had a big cone-shaped head off to the side Mm -hmm. and they threw him on my chest for about two seconds and the paediatrician whisked him away because he wasn't breathing. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had to give him a little bit of oxygen and then they put him back on my chest. Wow. How long was the pushing in total? Was it like an hour and a half? Tanner was born at 5.30, so it was an hour. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was terrible. (laughs) So then he came back to you and what was that like? It was good. It was good once he came back. Um, But they cut his cord immediately, even Mm. though I didn't want them to because they had to give him oxygen. Mm. Um, And yeah, and then we breastfed and I got stitched back up and... What was it like, um, he, like coming out of that late, like the birth suite? Yeah. And were you in pain? Like what did no, you not feel really. like? No, not really. I got the shakes really bad, which mm-hmm. they said was from the epidural. Like yeah. I just couldn't. Oh gosh. It yeah. was pretty intense. Um, but no, my pain was okay. The yeah. catheter was still in, mm-hmm. which is normal with the epidural. Yeah. But I went, I, I, I got, didn't get back to the maternity ward until about 11.30. And they sent Chris straight home. Mm. So there I am. <laughs> Basically a broken vagina. <laughs> yeah. A brand new baby in my arms. Yeah. And no one uh, to help me. No yeah. one. And at 3 o'clock, 3 a.m., I hit the buzzer because I couldn't get Tanner to latch and he was screaming. Mm. And the midwife that came in was the rudest person I think I've ever met. She smashed the light on and she said well of course you can't get him to latch you're sitting in the dark I was like oh man sorry I wonder how um cave women used to feed at night time maybe it was just daytime feeding back then (laughs) and then and then she sat my bed up and she's like you need to sit up properly I was like I'm I'm actually still in quite a lot of pain and she's like I know what your birth was like I was like okay 
And then she said something else and then I snapped and told her to fuck off and I just said, just send someone back in and I don't want you coming back in my room. Mm, good for you. And she was a bit... But yeah. too oh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next day, Tana's... Tana was pretty chill the next day. Mm-hmm. It was pretty nice and we went home. Nice. Yeah. So you were in there for like overnight yeah one night yeah yeah what was it like um getting used to baby at home like how was breastfeeding and sleeping breastfeeding Tana was really challenging Mm -hmm. I didn't I had no clue what I was doing yeah um and you get so much advice from so many Mm. people you know oh just give him a dummy if he's just fed or he can go three hours without a feed or Mm -hmm. um just give him a bit of formula or I heard you don't have to um, but breastfed babies. Yeah. Hold that to Tana. Yeah, breastfeeding Tana was definitely probably mm-hmm. more challenging than his birth. Yeah, wow. It, and and even the advice that you'd get from the midwives, you know, oh, squish your breast and shove them on. And then others would say, oh, no, just hold him gently and he'll find yeah. the nipple. Or just the advice you get from everyone is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about IVCLCs or... And that's an international board certified lactation consultant. The only person you should take breastfeeding advice from. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any Mount Isa? No. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's studying. one coming. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, right. Um, so were you quite motivated to breastfeed like before? It was the only had... thing I knew I wanted to do yeah. as a parent. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know about attachment parenting. I didn't know mm-hmm. about gentle parenting I just knew I wanted to breastfeed yeah yeah and so what he had a lip tie yeah he so he had a lip tie and a posterior tongue tie yeah and how did you find out like how what did you end up doing with him well I didn't we didn't find them until he was nine months old wow okay um but every midwife every doctor every Mm -hmm. pediatrician that checked him over had no didn't Mm. pick him up at all and I went to child health multiple times for breastfeeding issues Tana lost 270 grams in four weeks at one stage um but it was never it was never picked up i I actually self-diagnosed him from Mm -hmm. reading a facebook post yeah so so good yeah Mm, i think a lot of people smash facebook but i think some of those mum groups oh yeah there's obviously dodgy things but sometimes there's nurses and um, yeah and you just honestly i read this story and i was like oh my god she's talking about my son yeah i think you just have to read it and say no that doesn't work for us mm-hmm. that wouldn't work for me or that's not yeah that's not our situation mm-hmm. but you can definitely cherry pick what you want to yeah follow i felt with my first i was in that group australia breastfeeders in australia and yep. there was only a couple thousand people at that point and i remember just being like immersed in it and i just thought this is how breastfeeding is going to come back not through government well not come back never left but you know increase yeah government policy all these little baby friendly policies that's not going to work it's when women start gathering women. and even if it's online yeah and you're learning off each other well, how else amazing. can we gather yeah exactly yeah. i've seen you i've seen emily three times <laughs> and she's six months <laughs> so bad you know that's how mothers have mm. to gather now mm-hmm. the, yeah. the village is gone unfortunately yeah so that would have been an agonizing um amount of yeah time breastfeeding too. tana was really challenging yeah. i pumped after every feed mm. until he was six months old. Wow. Once he started food, obviously the demand for milk backed off mm-hmm. and he really loved food. Awesome. Um, so it, it lightened the load. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then once he was nine months old, I found out about the ties. Yeah. And then, but we didn't get them sorted out until he was two. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. by then we were breastfeeding okay and awesome. he was gaining well and. Lovely. Yeah. Nice. And so you get pregnant again. Yes. Um, Miss Cody Louise. Yes. So was she the next pregnancy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Sorry. We had a loss in between okay. um, Cody and Tana. Okay. We 
I was 12 weeks. Wow. Hubby was working out of town and we went in for a scan and mm. there was no heartbeat. Mm. So, yeah. But the hospital were were a lot more supportive throughout yeah. that process than yeah. the birth of Tana. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. How did you feel after all of that? Like, what was the process of it, if you wanted to talk about it? So, like, when you go in? Yeah, so we went in for the scan. Um, the sonographer was pretty blunt, mm. which at the time probably suited me but looking back I wish she had been a bit more gentle but yeah and I had Tana with me mm-hmm. and she just kept scanning and she said I remember her saying how lo- how far along should mm. you be right now okay. and I knew straight away then that yeah. something was wrong and I said I should be 12 weeks today and she said oh Bubby's only measuring about eight weeks mm. um she said it looks like the baby would have stopped growing about a week ago and I can't find a heartbeat um so anyway, so then I went to my GP and mm-hmm. my GP discussed all my options and we decided to wait and see if my body would just miscarry the baby naturally. Yeah. So we waited nearly three weeks. Wow. Because yeah. my hubby was working away and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it without him. Yeah. Uh-huh. But nothing happened and I didn't want to take the pills mm-hmm. to make it happen. So um, I ended up opting for a DNC. Yeah. Okay. And when I got to the hospital, they were really good. They put me in my own room and nice. Yeah, everything. Yeah, with that was really smooth. Excellent. And then we ended up getting pregnant with Cody two cycles later, I think. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Lovely. Yeah. Nice. And what was her pregnancy? And her what pre- were you thinking now, like after that first experience oh with Tanner? And obviously, it probably wasn't the best. Yeah. So what when happened? I was pregnant with Tanner, I had the idea that <laughs> I wanted a natural birth, that mm-hmm. I didn't want an epidural. I wanted to breastfeed. I wanted that, um, I don't know, that high that everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. And I was really disappointed and almost ashamed of myself for getting an epidural with Tana. <laughs> it's so, the amount of people you hear though, it's mm. not normal labor and you would know that now. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I just, I always thought for myself too, if I need to be induced, like I'm totally open to epidurals. Like why would any human want to experience? Now having experienced normal natural physiological contractions mm. and comparing that to the induced contractions, there's yeah. no comparison. Yeah. No comparison yeah. at all. Um, totally. So yeah, Cody's pregnancy was perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Everything was beautiful. We really wanted to have a home birth with Cody, mm-hmm. but unfortunately at that stage, it just wasn't in the finances. Mm-hmm. I was in contact with a private midwife on the Sunshine Coast yeah. and she was amazing. And I did her program that she runs for... Um, her home birth women. Awesome. Is it like a birth education type yeah. thing? Yeah, it was really good. It taught me all about hypnobirthing and how the uterus actually functions and um, all the different options and the emotion and the physical and the hormones behind birth. It was amazing. Her course was really fantastic. And I did it by Skype mm-hmm. um, with all the other women oh, that cool. were there in person. Yeah, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, so, and then Cody, I was 40 and 5, and went into labour with her really early in the morning. Any waters leaking with nope. her? Or yeah. nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really early, and they were enough to make me get out of bed. Okay. And I just started pacing the house and walking around, and Chris and Tanner woke up around 6.30 as a normal day, and Chris was like, am I going to work today? And I was like, no, 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 stay home. <laughs> and everything just progressed and it just, I never timed my contractions. I never mm-hmm. focused on them. I just went about my day as best I could. Were they like, how far 
Again, you didn't time it, but it was no. just kind of raining. So it would have started probably, I'd say, about 20, 30 minutes apart. Okay, yeah. And could talk through them. Awesome. Could, you know, play with my boy through them. Like, they were just normal. Yeah. Um, then throughout the day, they slowly got closer and closer together. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Tanner went to bed, that was it. It was like, game on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he went to bed at probably about 6.30, I'd say. That's so funny you say that because when – with my first, she went to bed. Like I'd had random contractions. Yeah. With and then um she went to bed and it just like amped up. Yeah, as soon yeah. as I tucked her in a bed, yeah, the, they know. Our, yeah, our mind is so responsible. It's like, well, I can relax now. That one's taken care of. <laughs> that one's asleep. Now I can focus. Mm-hmm. Um. So um, yeah. Once Tana was in bed, I used the exercise ball a bit, and Chris used a rebozo on my tummy to help through the contractions. Nice. Do you want to describe like, yeah, what so Rebozo is? The Rebozo is just a big, it doesn't have to be anything in particular. It's like a sarong or a scarf or something big enough to fit over your big, beautiful pregnant belly. And then your partner, whoever your support person stands behind you. And there's all different maneuvers you can do, but we just, he just gently shook it from side to side nice. and it just oh. almost like a horizontal, like, hammock over yeah, your belly and yeah. he's just holding either side and it you. just helps with that counter pressure and helps nice. your pelvis open and it helps get bub into a really good position nice. which obviously bub pushing on your cervix is what moves everything along <clears throat> mm-hmm. and mary had also taught us the hip i don't even know what to call it the hip oh, pressure hip i called squeeze it hip squeeze thing. yeah chris would do that from behind that was really lovely nice then once I could no longer talk through my contractions. We moved in. I moved into the shower, mm-hmm. and I was in the shower for quite a while. And I did have one moment in the shower where I was like, "You crazy bitch! What are you doing? You can't do this!" <laughs> but then I reminded myself that that's transition. That's yeah. that's just that little bit of fear and doubt in the back of your mind. And transition. Do you want to describe like transition? Oh, like you have it's. It's like kind of the last bit before you start yeah. to push. Yeah, so they basically. say it's, I think physiologically, it's between 7 and 10 centimetres, yes. I think. But mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. oh, I just, you just can't. It's like the total state of like overwhelm. You're yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the contractions are basically back to back and they're more intense than they've been the oh. whole process. Yeah. Um, but I found with both Cody and Dusty, once I got through that it eased yeah and it became easy again cool so you're in the shower when this is happening yeah yeah and then I asked Chris to pass me the exercise ball because I really had an urge to you know get down on all fours and sort of lean forward Mm -hmm. so he passed the exercise ball over the top of the shower and I leaned down and then there was just an almighty pop (laughs) and a girlfriend of mine was actually there and she was in the room beside the bathroom with the door closed and she came rushing out because she's like that was her waters (laughs) wow and then as soon as my waters had gone, mm-hmm. I had the urge to push. Wow. And Chris was, Chris panicked. And Chris was like, get up, get out of the shower. Get up, get out. I couldn't move. I was just, the contractions were just waving at that point. Uh-huh. And I had this real urge to bear down. And yeah. I should have pushed her out in that damn shower. <laughs> I should have just pushed her mm. out. But I, 
I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. We mm-hmm. had in, always intended that I would stay at home until I was ready to push and then we would go to the hospital. Yeah. Just to avoid um, any chances of unnecessary interventions at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just wait as long as yeah. possible as your... And we, we had done that and mm-hmm. I was ready to push. Yeah. So, yeah. in my head, it was time to go to the hospital. But yeah. I couldn't move. Oh. <laughs> so how did you get out of the so shower? I, I crawled out of the shower and I was... I was on all fours still with my head on my arms, my ass in the air, and my girlfriend's running around grabbing hot towels because the baby's going to be here any minute. Chris is wow. freaking out. <laughs> so he calls an ambulance. Um, the ambulance took about half an hour wow. to get there. And then when he got there, he was like, um, Miss, we need to take you to the, to the hospital. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And he's like, well, if you're not crowning, we can't stay here. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so I got myself up, got myself into the ambulance. It honestly took so long. It took probably another half an hour. Wow. Just, I walk out of the street completely naked. Oh, like, <laughs> wow. Grimed up into the ambulance. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so I got to the hospital. They pushed me on the gurney. I'm on all fours, ass in the air again for the world to see. <laughs> anyway, so they pushed me into the delivery suite and I hopped off the bed. Chris had, um, before I hopped to the ambulance, put like a throw thing over me yeah I threw that off <laughs> climbed up on the on the bed on all fours with my hands over the back of the hospital bed and I said to the midwife I'm ready to push and she said we don't know that I haven't checked you yet wow and I was like love I'm ready to push and she said will you let me check you will you let me examine you I said no this baby's coming out now mm-hmm. and three pushes later Cody fell into my arms amazing it was it was perfect yeah yeah nice and what was that like did she stay in your arms yes nice um so i it was actually really lucky because the midwife that i had gone through my birth plan with at one of my antenatal appointments was the midwife i ended up she was on duty that night yeah um so she was well aware of everything that i wanted and Mm -hmm. the light stayed off there was only her and another midwife in the room they didn't touch me they didn't touch cody um it was really the only time we had any kind of conflict um, was when she was getting a bit impatient waiting for the placenta to be delivered. Okay. And she really wanted to give me the shot to get it out, mm-hmm. but I refused. And we waited and I coughed and it fell out at, at an Amazing. hour after she oh, was Oh, nice. Born. Yeah. Wonderful. So that's like a physiological yeah. delivery. Yeah, no yeah. drugs, just mm-hmm. letting nature. I was breastfeeding, which Perfect. contracts your uterus to help the placenta come yeah. out. Nice. Yeah. But my one biggest regret in life is not just pushing her out in the shower. <laughs> after, how did breastfeeding go? After? Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. nice. You I just knew your stuff by this point as yeah, well. Yeah, so, and... oh, Cody and I left after four hours. Oh, we awesome. didn't even hospital. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even go to the maternity ward. We nice. didn't get bands. We didn't get anything. Nice. Um, I had a shower. No I, separation? Like no. you can oh, stay with your only, partner? The only, yeah, no, no separation from Chris. Nice. Um, and we were home in time for Tana to wake up. Oh, nice. And meet his baby sister. Wow. Um, yeah, so breastfeeding her was a breeze. Mm-hmm. I got her checked at two days old. For lip okay. and tongue ties by an IBCLC awesome. by Skype. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't one was here. that milk Meg? Meg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she said straight up, yeah, there's definitely a lip tie. And mm-hmm. from what she could tell from me doing the examination, she said there was a tongue tie there. Yeah. We got them snipped at two weeks and nice. she was an ace breastfeeder. Wonderful. Yeah. Did you notice a difference when they snipped? Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Awesome. That night she was a bit sad Yeah. and sort of up and down all night and, you know, you could just tell she wasn't herself, but mm-hmm. 
within days she was latching on better and yeah yeah nice. and we had and because i had a bit of pain feeding her mm-hmm. um yeah no perfect wonderful yeah. so got it right with number three <laughs> so tell us so um yeah tell us what happened so and you Dust, felt pregnant and all of that yeah stuff. so dusty boy actually between cody and dusty we had another miscarriage okay yeah um but it was a lot earlier mm-hmm. and having already navigated the the grief and the loss and stuff mm-hmm. that we had it was completely different yeah. i was only about six or seven weeks along okay. i think when we lost that bug yeah um and mm. then didn't really do too much i guess and then got pregnant with dusty okay on the back of that miscarriage yeah. okay did you do any like naturopathic yeah type so things as well yeah um i did see a naturopath and she mm-hmm. found that my progesterone was low okay. um cody was nursing mm-hmm. which can naturally deplete yeah give a woman low progesterone it's just part of the natural process of breastfeeding okay um so she prescribed premula which is a vitex supplement Mm -hmm. and high vitamin c which i was already taking anyway um, and omegas okay which brought my progesterone up naturally within the month and then dusty's pregnancy was perfect yeah wicked yeah Awesome. So what did you, like, going into Dusty, you're pregnant. Home birth. What did you home start birth. doing? Yeah. Home birth, home birth, home birth, home birth. No way is this baby being born in a hospital. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So how do you go about that in Mount Isa? Yeah, it was a challenge. Uh-huh. I contacted, um, so my best friend lives on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. So my first, our first um, plan mm-hmm. was we would go and stay at her house. Mm-hmm. We would stay nearby, but then we would go to her house for the birth. Yeah. And she was totally on board with this and really excited and it was going to be great. And I was going to have Mary. I was going to have our private midwife that I'd worked with for Cody's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And she was going to going to come to the Gold Coast Oh, cool. for yeah. the birth. Um, mm-hmm. So that was all good. But obviously having two kids, we run a business in Mount Isa. Mm-hmm. Um, just the challenge of... I've had one baby born at 38 weeks and I've had another baby born at 40 and five. Mm-hmm. When do we go to do the you Gold Coast? sit there for eight weeks? Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, does Chris have to be there the whole time? That means loss of income from him not working. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanner would have had to come out of school and he was starting prep. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just so many different things that were making it really challenging. So then one day in desperation, I said to my midwife, I was like, is there any chance I can get you to come to Mount Isa? <laughs> and she surprised me and was like, actually, yeah, oh, no worries. I'll come to Mount so Isa. Nice. So Amazing. Yeah. Had she been here before? Uh, yeah, she had okay. years and years ago. She had worked out here. Nice. Yeah. I saw her for my pregnancy yeah. and my naturopath for all my bloods awesome. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, we had one quick scan at 20 weeks, mm-hmm. literally told the sonographer, no more than two minutes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was just to confirm my placenta position because mm-hmm. Mary couldn't be there to listen for it. Yeah. And just to make sure there was no – Bubba had no heart defects. Yeah. Everything was fine. So your midwife, she was kind of like um, talking to you via Skype or phone yeah, calls. Yeah, phone calls, And then yeah. you were kind of getting the basic care done at the hospital, but your main – was kind of like naturopath more so yeah i only went her. to the hospital from 36 weeks okay and yeah. i only saw them until 39 weeks and then i had a gut full and okay finished up but i didn't do any of the tests mm-hmm. didn't do any bloods didn't do any peeing in a cup no yeah. gd tests no nothing yeah my yeah. health was perfect i had no risk factors for anything yeah yeah cool so and you no felt reason. you felt good doing that you just yeah yeah, yeah. well my diet was perfect and i had I was exercising the whole way through Dusty's yeah. pregnancy and mm-hmm. I just had no reason. Yeah. I, I think too often we think 
a doctor with a a cup and a pea strip can tell you how healthy you are mm-hmm. when if you just listen to your body mm-hmm. you know whether something's wrong or yeah. not you know how you feel you know how your body's coping mm-hmm. we've, yeah. we've forgotten how to trust ourselves yeah I think too when you take a time to tune in to your body definitely so many of us don't do that anymore and we go somewhere else for the yeah yeah for someone else validation. to tell you how you feel mm. mm-hmm. yeah and I did see Mary once at I think I was about 32 weeks. We went down to the Gold Coast for a holiday. Oh, nice. And so she came down and saw me and had mm-hmm. a feel of love. And mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. And that was actually my first time meeting her. I was going to say, yeah, yeah what was that everything, like? Everything else had been either phone or Skype. Yeah. So yeah, it was really good. Nice. Really good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when did she come to Mount Isa? So she came, one of her other home birth mamas on the sunny coast mm-hmm. was... Bub wanted to stay inside for a bit longer. So okay. she was coming up at 38 weeks just mm-hmm. to cover that. You know, Tanner came early, so we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Dusty was a total wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'd planned to come at 38 weeks and leave whenever Dusty was born, mm-hmm. which we assumed would be around the 39, 40 weeks. Um, but she didn't end up coming until 39 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then Dusty <laughs> didn't want to make his entrance until I was 42 weeks. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, so she, she was had plenty of time. And then the poor thing, she had another home birth midwife, uh, mama to go home to. Yeah. So Dusty was born on the 1st of March. Mm-hmm. She left on the 1st of March. Wow. Because he was born first thing in the morning. She had to leave that night to make wow. it home for this other mum. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but yeah, his birth. Yeah, so how did it... So how far along were you when you started? So I was 42 weeks. Oh, no, so I started... I would have been 41 and 6 if he was born at 42 weeks, I think. I don't know. Yeah. His labour was really long. Okay. But um, Mm -hmm. it it followed exactly the same pattern as Cody's. Mm -hmm. I woke up really early in the morning. Yeah. So excited because I knew it was finally happening. Yeah. Only mums that have been pregnant for 42 weeks understand that feeling. Yeah. Uh, the, the, probably the three mornings beforehand I'd woken in tears because mm-hmm. I was just so expecting it to happen mm-hmm. and it hadn't. But anyway, so that morning, finally. You didn't, you weren't tempted to do any weird induction type no, thing? No, no. Was Actually, um, there was, I was getting a bit of pressure from the hospital because they obviously had all my files and knew I was over. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted me to go in for a non-stress test. Okay. So they hook bub up to monitors and they monitor you for a certain amount of time. They check your fluids and all that sort of stuff. But Dusty's movements were still really great. I was still mm-hmm. feeling really great. I had no reason, mm-hmm. no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 42 weeks isn't, it's not an expiration date. Mm-hmm. Babies don't, your placenta doesn't die <laughs> at 42 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's. Mm-hmm. I was a, an extremely low risk pregnancy. I had no health concerns whatsoever. There was no reason for mm-hmm. me to even consider yeah. any kind of intervention mm-hmm. at all. Um, Mary did offer a stretch and sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And around that 41 and a half weeks, I mm-hmm. did consider it mm-hmm. only for my own comfort. Yeah. Um, my belly was massive. I had two other kids to look after. Was, was he summer? He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. yeah. So, Makes it so much more uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mm-hmm. was getting Tanner to school and back and it mm-hmm. was it was hard. And I suppose the pressure too, knowing she's going to leave, did that feed well, into I it? Well, I ended up messaging Mary one night at like 2am. <laughs> she must have felt the vibe because she 
replied straight away so she must have known and I just messaged her and I said will you leave Mm. before this baby's born Mm. and she just wrote back N-O in capitals and I think that really helped me because I I was feeling the pressure of this other poor mum on the coast Mm -hmm. you know with her midwife away and yeah um, Mm -hmm. so that helped yeah um so yeah but after I I just said to Mary you know can I just just give me some time to think about the stretch and sweep. And I went and I had a read about everything and I decided it wasn't for me. Okay. Any, for me and for any, any interruption in the natural process, it messes with your hormones, it messes with the emotions, it, it gets in your head, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. I just didn't want that. Yeah. I just wanted everything to be completely normal and natural and. Yeah. Come when he wants to come. And he did. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to share a birthday with his uncle and his nanny oh, no. <laughs> so although he i was in labor all day on the 28th of wow. feb so i okay. thought for sure he would be born on the 28th yeah yeah um so yeah he's yeah how was labor yeah so it was, it was really good and it, mm-hmm. like i said it followed the exact same pattern as mm-hmm. cody's yeah started really early the tightenings came and they went and i i was still able to look after cody all day chris went mm-hmm. to work for a few hours yeah uh, we set up the pool um, so yeah, you had a pool this yeah, time. Yeah, so we had a birth mm-hmm. pool, and um, I think we set that up about eleven thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then our midwife came round not long after, and she walked in the door, and she's like, "Oh, this is a good sign." <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just listened to some of my meditation tracks, and I got Cody her lunch, and nice. um, Chris picked Tanner up from school, and when he got home, he was so excited to see the pool, and he knew that mm. meant the baby was coming, and. Mm-hmm. Then we got them dinner and there was a massive storm brewing. It was really cool. Yeah. We all went outside and so nice. we just played outside in the thunder and yeah. And I was having contractions and they were getting more and more intense as the night went on. Yeah. Then exactly the same as what happened with Cody. As mm-hmm. soon as Tanner and Cody were asleep, mm-hmm. bang. Yeah. They really intensified. Go time. Yeah. <laughs> um this time though, I don't I, I didn't need as many tools. Mm-hmm. to handle it I don't think like through your contractions yeah having, yeah. yeah I just really surrendered this time mm-hmm. I just I wasn't scared of it anymore yeah um it was mm-hmm. really beautiful nice. yeah and then yeah. um my photographer arrived yeah and a, a good friend of ours arrived because we just wanted someone I knew I would need Chris mm-hmm. uh, so we wanted someone to help with the kids yeah and she mm-hmm. was amazing nice um yeah, so everything. I was on the exercise ball for a while. I was listening to my meditation. Um, Chris was doing the counter pressure. Mary doing the counter pressure was. <laughs> oh, my midwife doing the counter pressure was next level. Yeah, she was amazing she at knew it. Her stuff. <laughs> yeah, she knew what she was doing. Nice. Um, then, what does that feel like? Because it's like two hands on the on your like rump, on your top of the right on the top bottom. of your bum. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it and they. Mary showed me how it works. It it literally opens your pelvis. Okay. So it just it just relieves that pressure from baby sitting on your pelvis. Okay. And it helps open your pelvis up to help bub get in and mm-hmm. you know shorten your cervix and mm-hmm. get things moving. Mm-hmm. And it just feels phenomenal. Yeah, nice. so nice. I've never had it. Didn't Chris do it? No, because <gasps> I'm really like, don't touch me. Uh, I don't like yeah. any. Not even clothes on me. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, see, I I had shorts on and I had a okay. um a bra on and. 
So I was on the exercise ball for a while and then when that wasn't really working, when I couldn't move my way through. Sorry, so you're sitting on the exercise ball and do they sit behind you kind of thing and do the hip squeezes like that? No, so I, we did the hip squeezes while I was standing. Okay. That's how I liked it. Yeah, nice. And then from there I moved on to the exercise ball. Okay. And I was just on all fours. That was the position that I obviously tend to favour. It just felt so good. Mm -hmm. But then when that wasn't helping as much anymore, I moved into the shower Mm -hmm. and the shower's amazing. Um, And again, I transitioned in the shower, Mm -hmm. but this time there was no, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Because this time I was just so keen to have my baby Mm -hmm. at home and I was just so prepared for it. Nice. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I, I transitioned in the shower and then... I started getting some pressure, but it wasn't the same pressure I had with Cody. Okay. So I just said to Mary that I wanted to hop in the tub. Mm-hmm. So I did, and oh my god, <laughs> <sighs> there is nothing more amazing in this world than a hot <laughs> tub of water when you have contractions. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. Yeah. I. I, I even the noises I was making, it was like orgasmic almost. I was like, good. oh, like, it was so good. So good. Uh, every woman needs to uh, have a tub. I think it's a crime. Like, Same. oh, that they don't. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then everything really slowed down. My contractions became really irregular. Mm-hmm. They weren't as intense. I was chatting, I was joking, I was telling people stories. It, mm-hmm. Everything really shifted. Yeah. And eventually I said to Mary I was like what's going on here like and she said it's completely normal you've changed environments you've gone from the shower to the tub this is your this could be your body just giving you a chance to rest and recuperate before the next stage of your labor Mm -hmm. so I took the most made the most of it I relaxed I connected with Chris I had some water I put some lip balm on like just chilled yeah then things didn't pick back up mm-hmm. they were just still what's the time limit that was i think that was probably about an hour and a half okay that we just let it flow and mm-hmm. we just waited to see what would happen um then i was getting a bit antsy in the tub so i said oh look i'm gonna hop back in the shower see mm-hmm. what happens so i did and as soon as i hopped back in the shower my contractions came back more regular and a lot more intense but this time i also had a shooting pain and really bad sharp pain going down one of my legs my left leg and I tried squatting through it I tried moving through it I tried you know jiggling bub because they were bub was obviously pushing on something Mm -hmm. yeah um and I knew enough about you know optimal birth positions and stuff at that stage to know that Things that obviously slowed down because Bub wasn't in a very good position, mm-hmm. and that was either their position or maybe because my waters were still, you know, mm-hmm. they were still floating freely in my waters. Or, mm-hmm. um, and isn't it fascinating how obvious it is when something, yeah, like the signs your body sends you, like yeah. messaging you, yeah, like I'm gonna slow this down, I'm gonna shoot this pain down here, and yeah, she's gonna <laughs> get your attention, yeah, <laughs> like it's amazing, yeah, yeah, um, so. I probably spent another 45 minutes in the shower and then again I started getting some pressure in my bum so I was like yes let's go (laughs) so I hopped back in the tub and again everything slowed Mm, down mm -hmm. and then but I'm a bit stubborn and I'm a bit 
I'm just stubborn. <laughs> you know what you want. Yeah. So, but eventually Chris convinced me. He was like, babe, and I was really tired. I was falling asleep, like, you know, coming in and out of sleep in the tub. And yeah. And Chris ended up saying, babe, we got a midwife here to help us. Why is she here if you're not going to ask her for help? Yeah. And he had to keep saying that. And then finally I was like, yeah, okay, this is shit. I'm so tired. Yeah. Because at that stage I'd been in labor for about 25, 26 hours. Yeah, wow. I was tired mm-hmm. and I was just so desperate to meet my bell. Yeah. Um, so Mary came over and she said, she said, you know, I know you didn't want any um, examination. She said, but if you'd consent to one, she said it would give her an opportunity to see what position Bub's in. And whether it's just a waiting game for my waters to rupture or if um, she needs to move Bob or, you know, reposition Bob at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I agreed, mm-hmm. but it probably still took me another 20 minutes or yeah. to get out of the tub. <laughs> yeah. No one ever wants to hop out of the tub when they're no. on labor. <laughs> um, so I did and I mm-hmm. hopped in my bed and Mary gave me an examination and she found... Dusty had a nuchal hand, so his hand was sitting on his forehead. Yeah. He was caught on a cervical lip. Okay. And he was asynclitic, which meant his ear was touching his shoulder. Okay. While he was trying to come out okay. of my cervix, mm-hmm. which is not optimal not in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mary, uh, my midwife, was able to flick his hand away from his face. Yeah. Which was excruciating, mm. but obviously needed to be done yeah and, and were you just lying on your back for this type of thing and yes like, i was Chris... that was the first time thankfully mm-hmm. that i had to go on my back yeah um and then she also yeah so she sorry she flicked his hand off and mm-hmm. she pushed him off my cervical lip okay so that sort of got him back out of um the birth canal i guess mm-hmm. and then i hopped up on all fours on the bed and she used the rebozo nice to maneuver Dusty into a better position. Cool. So and she's just standing up yeah. on the bed at this point with the. Yeah. So cool. she was standing on the bed and she's just shaking the shit out of my belly, <laughs> and it felt so yeah. good. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said, "Okay," she said, "I'm pretty sure I've got him out of the birth canal." She said, "Now you need to lay on your right side, okay. and we have to wait for him to come down into a better position." Yeah. And she knew that this wasn't ideal for me because I really like to stay mobile while mm-hmm. I'm in labor. Yeah. But it was the only way to sort of help facilitate getting him into the right position. Mm-hmm. So I was on my side. Um, Chris was holding my hands and Mary was rubbing my back. And it was pretty shit mm-hmm. not being able to move through my contractions. Yeah. But I managed to fall asleep. Awesome. I fell asleep for about 20 minutes, awesome. which was good. Yeah. And then when I woke up, I was like, I'm ready to push. And Mary said, no, you're not. Not yet. <laughs> and I was like, how will I know when I'm ready to push? Because I'd had so many little, oh, pressure on my bum. Let's go. Yeah. And she was like, you'll know. Okay. I was like, okay. So we laid there for a little bit more and I had two more contractions. And I was like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. And then the next contraction... <laughs> I made this noise and I had this intense pressure and she's like, are you ready? Wow. I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't need her fingers in you to no, know that? No, she I just made this noise. Yeah. She's yeah. like, that is the noise every mother makes when awesome. they're ready. 
Um, so we hopped back in the tub and mm-hmm. Dusty Boy was born 14 minutes wow, later. Wow, amazing. Yeah. What was it like um, pushing in the water? Like, did you feel like you had to push or was it your No, it was all over? sort of involuntary. Mm-hmm. I was on all fours again in a sense. I had my arms over the edge of the pool holding yeah. Chris's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked Mary to catch the baby and yeah. then pass him through my legs. Nice. Um, Mary applied uh, counter pressure to my perineum when okay. his head was emerging, mm-hmm. which I think definitely helped mm-hmm. um, with the burning ring of fire. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and he came out and she passed him to me. And the first thing I said to him was like, you look like your sister. <laughs> so I assumed we'd had another little girl. Yep. Um, and then I just put him on my chest and nice. yeah. Wow, and when did you find out he was a boy? So his little, his big brother, yeah. Tanner, came mm-hmm. out, and because we'd promised Tanner that he could be what the first. What time is this? Dusty was born at one fifty-four a.m. Okay. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so we promised Tanner that he could be the first to see whether he had a little sister or a little mm-hmm. brother, mm-hmm. and he did, and he came out, and he saw little little boys and he was like i've got a brother Aww. and i high-fived everyone because i was really hoping for another boy are you still in the water with yes. dusty when they came out when the kids came out yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Nice. yeah it was amazing oh that's so beautiful it was just perfect it was there was there's nothing there's nothing about his birth that i would change there's yeah. nothing that i wish had gone differently it was yeah. just perfect amazing and what about your placenta um uh, so it Came, it naturally came out on its own after about an hour. Yeah. And uh, once, and I was still in the tub when it came out. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I hopped out of the tub yeah. with it, and then I think Mary cut his cord. Chris, neither okay. Chris and I are really into that. Yeah. It's it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> the texture of that cord is just. <laughs> I can just like, see people listening to this going, "Home birth is for weirdos," <laughs> and then you're like, "I don't want to." it's like it's like chicken cartilage or something i don't know it's weird chris always says how he's like you don't understand how tough it is yeah <laughs> he's like trying to neither of us it. cut any of the cords yeah. for any of our kids it just oh, a, bit, a bit weird for us <laughs> that's cool um did you have a lot of after pains like start up pretty much straight away to get that they did out, or? yeah and they were definitely more intense with dusty okay. than they were with cody yeah um but mary uh, my midwife just gave me some arnica i think okay mm-hmm. and that really helped nice. take the edge off the pain but then afterwards like when he was breastfeeding and stuff i don't remember the pain okay they were there but yeah i don't remember them being super intense Not or anything massively memorable yeah cool yeah and then nice. so I, what do you do like You've had the baby in the water. The yeah. placenta just comes out like yep. an hour or so later. Yep. You hop out of the water. Like I hopped happens? out of the water. Um, by this stage, Dusty had been breastfeeding for an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'm desperate for a shower mm-hmm. and to get clean and wash up. So I gave Dusty to Chris. They yeah. have their little skin-to-skin cuddle. Mm-hmm. And Dusty does nice. his first big black shit all over Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... I hopped out of the shower and we hopped into bed. Nice. And then Cody and bed. Dusty came out and they and I remember Cody said I said to Cody, I was like, Do you like your new baby brother? And she's like, He's so nice. Mm. He's so nice, Mum. <laughs> it was so beautiful. How sweet. Yeah. And then woke up in the morning and Nice. Um, did your midwife do any think like when you hopped into bed, did she do anything? Oh, she came and had a look just to see things. if I had any tears. Okay, yeah. Um, and I had a little graze, but, okay, but nothing yeah. else. Nothing needed no. for that? Yeah. No. And she weighed Dusty, mm-hmm. and he was a whopper at 9.13. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. My biggest bub. Yeah. But best birth. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Wow. It was perfect. It's amazing. And how yeah. was breastfeeding with Dusty? Again, I knew straight away. Mm-hmm. I didn't even need an IVCLC okay, this yeah. time to tell me that he was tired. Mm-hmm. I knew he was. And I had intense pain with oh. him. Mm-hmm. Really bad pain. And in the two weeks waiting to go down to Brisbane, because mm-hmm. um, we like to go to enhance dentistry, they use a laser. Okay. To, instead of scissors. Instead of scissors, yeah, to do the revision. Mm-hmm. Um, I got mastitis twice mm. waiting to go down, and I had a permanent milk bleb on my left breast, and I couldn't feed like Dusty laying down on my left, oh, wow. which was so frustrating. In the mm-hmm. middle of the night, I had to sit up to feed him off my left breast. Yeah. Um, but And so when we went down to get his ties, he had... Uh, top lip, posterior tongue tie, and buckle ties. Yeah, wow. So he was really tired, Uh poor little guy. Wow. And in the... Oh, and also, actually, he had torticollis, which is a shortening of the neck. Ah. And it was... It was perfectly um, in line with the position he was in, in... you know, trying to come out. Yeah, okay. the asynclitic position. Uh-huh. So he'd obviously been stuck in that position for some time to right. cause the shortening of the neck muscles. Okay. So, wow. Yeah, so we worked with a chiropractor to fix that. Nice. took about six months to get wow. it all right. And was that just kind of like stretches and little yeah, things? Yeah, and she just did movements and, um, yeah. you know, like she said, in the car, hang a toy on this side so oh, that he okay. looks that way or play with him on this side so he looks this way. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Okay, cool. And he also had a flat spot from... Okay being in the womb in a bad spot too okay yeah, but that right. just kind of good on its own yeah yeah oh nice yeah that's amazing I what know. an amazing story i know it was so good what a journey too from like your first the shittest hospital birth <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah but you know what's i i feel i guess i feel guilty sometimes saying that tanner's birth was shit because for a lot of mothers, mm. that's their normal. Mm-hmm. That's what they can expect yeah. when they present to a hospital in labour. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different little tiny things that can mm-hmm. sway them from the course. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I had it's this hard. thought the other day, right? Mm-hmm. So often when women are discussing their birth experiences, other women are quick to say, but you got a healthy baby mm. and you survived, mm. so you should be happy. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if your wedding day got rained out, <laughs> yeah. got, you know, if everything went wrong to your wedding day, when yeah. people turn around and go, oh, well, at least you're married. Yeah. No. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, babe, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Why don't they say that to women mm-hmm. when they're disappointed with their birth? Yeah. That is a story that I will carry with me for my whole yeah. life. Yeah. I still remember the look on that midwife's face when she ruptured my hind waters. Mm. She knew my induction mm. was wrong. Yeah. I can see her face mm-hmm. and that's something I'll remember forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They talk about in dementia patients, sometimes the women still talk about their births. Of course. They're in their, they can't remember jack shit and they're remembering their births and it's so important. Yeah. And even births that aren't like natural water births, yeah. they can still be made. You can still treat women with respect yeah. and have nice... If you go into a hospital and you want a cesarean, great. Yeah. You've made that choice. Yeah. You came to that conclusion yourself. Yeah. You know, if mm-hmm. you walk into a hospital wanting a natural birth, mm. but you get ramroded, mm-hmm. that's not okay. Yeah. And if you're disappointed, mm-hmm. that's not okay. Yeah. I think there's this pyramid and it talks about, um, like, some women just want to survive and yeah. it's like the bottom rung of the pyramid. And that's essential for the whole pyramid. But some women want that top experience, like an orgasmic, ecstatic birth. Yeah. And they're shut all over. But it's like, we still want what you want. We still want to live. We still want our babies to be alive. Exactly. Um, But we actually want it to be a nice experience. Like a, yeah. Dusty's birth 
I get so emotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need tissues. <laughs> Dusty's birth changed me mm-hmm. in every way. I'm a different mother mm-hmm. with him than I was with Tanner and with Cody. Yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And women don't understand that if they haven't felt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I came home with Tana and I didn't have a clue what to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust myself. I didn't listen to my instincts. Mm-hmm. I read the stupid books <laughs> and I listened to the doctors and I listened to the nurses and I had no mm-hmm. clue what I was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Dusty, mm-hmm. I knew everything that kid it wanted. It was mother-led and, yeah, amazing. It is such a practice in your intuition like honing those skills yeah. like your birth like even the pregnancy yeah. listening to your body and getting your mind ready for that baby to try and tune into that baby as well yeah. every intervention has uh, an effect mm-hmm. on the path your birth is going to take mm-hmm. it, it it could be as simple as a stretch and sweep but mm-hmm. it is going to impact your birth mm-hmm. and some women are okay with the impact that it has some women are fine mm-hmm. with the epidural and the forceps delivery mm-hmm. yeah but for the women that aren't okay with it mm-hmm. it's okay yeah yeah <laughs> please don't feel like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be disappointed yeah because you are 100 percent. yeah and it doesn't diminish your baby's life <laughs> no it doesn't diminish any of that but, no yeah. and i just you know a, a friend of mine from high school we don't really have a lot to do with each other anymore but we follow each other on socials mm-hmm. and she posted the other day saying does anyone have any hypnobirthing materials mm. they could share or um any resources oh. mm-hmm. and i still have all the tracks that i used for dusty it's got a full course it's and i shared it with another friend who had a successful home birth as well and so i messaged her and i said oh yeah i've got some tracks on dropbox i can share with you and she's Mm -hmm. like oh that'd be so great so i shared them anyway and then we just started chatting and yeah right towards the end of the conversation um she you know she said oh thank you so much for your help i really appreciate it and i was like yeah no worries like i wish i'd had someone in my corner Mm. when i was pregnant with um tanner yeah and then her next words just broke my heart she was like yeah right i feel so isolated Mm. Mm -hmm. why should a woman who's going through a journey of pregnancy and birth Mm -hmm. feel isolated yeah it's terrible and 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 thinking back to when i was pregnant with tanner that's exactly how i felt Mm -hmm. i didn't know anyone with one positive story yeah it was all c-section intervention yeah it was awful it was shit mm-hmm. it was you know and i think we're fed the narrative that it's all necessary yeah and of course they're oh, gonna save it. <laughs> yeah and i sometimes just wish they could take it a step back and but why did you get to the position of your baby being so distressed they yeah. needed to cut you open what were the steps that led to that of course it became an emergency yeah but that didn't just happen. No. And yeah. people confuse a traumatic birth sometimes with just a traumatic hospital experience, I think. Like, birth is wonderful most of the time. Yeah. Of course, plenty of us need help as well. Yeah. And there's life-saving things that can be done. But most of the time, it's great. And it's always mixed up with these shitty experiences at the hospital. And, and people think that's birth. Exactly. Did you um, want to go into any, like, how much it does cost to get a midwife oh, yeah. PR, yeah. just so women can know what they're up for. Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure the figure I've got in my head from memory is about 14000 Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Worth every penny. Yeah, absolutely. Worth every penny. But my heart yeah. really goes out to the families that that's just not a possibility yeah. for. Yeah. Um, when I was actually pregnant with Cody, mm-hmm. I 
there was a chance that um, my midwife was going to come up for my home birth with Cody. Okay. And she said a way of making it more affordable for me was if there was other women in the community that wanted a home birth that would do around the same time. Cool. Then she could have come up for all of us and obviously mm-hmm. we'd all share the flight and accommodation expenses. Yeah. So I advertised on Facebook just letting people know that it was an option. And I had quite a few women cool. contact me and say, you know, most of them, their due dates just didn't align with mine. Okay. But there was one woman in particular... Um, she was an English woman and she'd had her three previous children at home in the UK covered by the NHS. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And she had a birth pool and her fourth bub, she was pregnant in Mount Isa. Mm -hmm. She did what I did with Cody. She labored at home as long as she could and Mm -hmm. then went to the hospital and pushed her bub out. Um, but she contacted me to gift me her birth pool. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I wish I still had her contact details because yeah. I would love to thank her. That's so nice. Because we did end up... I didn't use it with Cody, but mm-hmm. we did end up obviously using it with That's Dusty. That's so nice. Yeah, um, but she was really heartbroken that yeah. three of her children were born at home and then one was born in hospital. So there's, uh, there, there is a lot of interest mm. in home birth. Just mm-hmm. because we live out here doesn't mean mm-hmm. we don't want the same... Yeah the same services available mm-hmm. to women in metro areas and even with cody like you didn't have a home birth but the fact that you can skype in and sit with other women yeah. who aren't even here yeah. and get education from elsewhere not just rely solely on antenatal <laughs> classes here do you know what mary taught about. me mary taught me that the uterus has muscles that run vertically and horizontally so mm-hmm. a contraction is those muscles working in unison to open your cervix mm-hmm. no one had ever told me that <laughs> yeah. i'm a woman i own a uterus mm-hmm. and no one had ever told me how mm. they function in labor mm-hmm. yeah you know that's the shit we need to know yeah yeah and then yeah a hundred percent and we need to know what we're getting ourselves in for mm. when we present to the hospital mm-hmm. what can we say no to mm. what can we ask for instead yeah you know and no one tells us if you anything. don't know your options you don't have any no because i think you could tell any mother in labor if you wanted to do something to them you could tell any woman anything her baby's at stake yeah. so i think you can get us to do anything really and we're so and in hindsight though we kind of realize and that's when trust is completely broken yeah thank you so much for sharing all your stories no worries i hope yeah. there's more home birth in mount isa i know me too. well we need to have rotating midwives well there could be one more there could be one more awesome excellent mm. well thank you so much for that sarah thank you okay I'm just going to add a little section onto Sarah's episode as well. We covered heaps in her episode and there's plenty of resources out there. So I'll just share a couple that I find helpful. And of course, if you guys have any more um, resources to share, like please share it on her little post and I'll put it in her little story. Um, Sharing is caring. So first and foremost, Mount Isa, we have our hospital, we have child health unit here. We've got um, nurses and midwives, everyone here to help you. So please ask for help from people here. And then if uh, you still want extra or whatever, um, here are some resources that could help. We referred to in her episode to the Milk Meg, and that is a woman called Meg Nagel. She is an international board certified lactation consultant, and she is based on the coast. Um, she's had a, she's got a couple of books, I think. She's on Instagram, Facebook. Just literally type in um, the Milk Meg and you will find her. I did a little session with her back in 2015 and she said back then she Skypes Mount Isa mums all the time. So she's really helpful. 
So then also on Facebook, there is a doctor called Dr. Jack Newman. So he's not on Facebook, but he's a doctor, he's an author, he's got his own books and he happens to have a Facebook page. And he will share the most fascinating little posts, really in-depth information, a lot of information and videos, uh, like a little premise and how to help them latch onto mom and like noises and latch positions and all types of things. Very, very intricate um, amount of information he shares. And I find it very interesting. So that is Dr. Jack Newman. Um, also, we referred to, well, I referred to a group called Breastfeeders in Australia group um, on Facebook. It's really big now, but I always found back in the day it was good because they seemed to really just get to the bottom of what the drama was and, and how can we help and, you know, where you can go to find people that can help you, like in real life and all of that. Uh, sometimes with breastfeeding, if you have a mother that's like, you know, mastitis round three happening, her nipples are bleeding, she's in agony, she really, really wants to feed though. Sometimes the blanket advice is like, don't worry about it, just formula, it's fine. But some mums really want to breastfeed and they've got no support. Their only support is people telling them to don't worry about it. This group is good at um, not suggesting straight away quit. Like, so they're very much like, how can we help you? What's going on in your life? Like, who's there to help you? And where do you live? And this person lives here that can help you and all types of things. So I always found it good like that. So that is breastfeeders in Australia. Um, and then also there is a group called Tongue and Lip Tie Support Australia. So if you're like suspecting a tongue tie or you, your baby does have one, it's just a good support group. There's heaps of professionals in there. There's heaps of files and whatnot. Um, just sharing uh, women who have, or families that have gone to certain dentists and getting, you know, where to find people that can diagnose correctly and things like that. Um, so that is Tongue and Lip Tie Australia. Also, when it comes to breastfeeding, my main thing is like find somebody who's done what you want to do and ask them how they did it. Like that's my advice for everything in life. So then uh, when it comes to home birth, if you want extra information, um, there is a web page called homebirthaustralia.org and that's like the main organization peak body of home birth in Australia. So if you go to that website, you'll find a link on like where to find a midwife, um, heaps of other information. They have conferences every year, most years. So then on Facebook, there is a group called Home Birth Group Australia. It's quite big. Um, and plenty of information in, in there if you want to learn more. Um, and then also there is a group called Find a Home Birth Midwife Australia. And uh, that's a good one. It's not too big, but you can go on there and be like, I live here, like who's around? And sometimes there's midwives traveling. And like Sarah said, her midwife was happy to come to Mount Isa and serve a few women over a couple of months um, who wanted a home birth. So you never know your luck if you are interested in something like that. Um, and I know like it feels like I've been referring like to Facebook a lot, but a lot of these uh people do have actual websites but sometimes it's just easier and I know most people are on Facebook all day so you can just find these people so Sarah referred to something that happened to her in labor she said no I don't want something and they did it to her anyway this is a funny area because I feel like a lot of people that don't know much at all about birth and don't know much about law um really just have big fucking opinions about it and um so there's three people that I love to kind of defer to when we're talking about things like legal rights and human rights in childbirth in Australia, we have Bashi Hassad. She is a lawyer. She's involved with human rights and childbirth here in Australia, like the organisation. She's just really, she's got a few interviews out there. She's got, um, she's in a couple of documentaries. She's written in a couple of books here and there. And she's always just so great to listen to. Um, really, really handy information. So her name is Bashi Hassad, like H-A-Z-A-R-D. In America, there's an organization called Birth Monopoly. They've got their own website and all of that and a Facebook page as well. Um, if you just look up Birth Monopoly, Monopoly, their page is just interesting information to look at. Um, I think sometimes we think, you know, if you're somebody that doesn't think about birth much and you just think you go to the hospital and they do birth to you, um, 
it's just nice to know sometimes you know you do have a say in what you um in, in what you want or how you want to be treated and you do have like you know legal rights to back that up so it's just an interesting um it's an interesting page just to learn a little bit more about that area. The woman that runs that is a woman called Kristen Pascusi and she's a really big activist in the birthing kind of world. She's done a lot of work. She did have a podcast that was really great and she'd really go in depth on different kind of legal issues surrounding birth, but I tried to find it and I can't find it, but she's really, um, yeah, just really interesting to learn off. So her name is Kristen Pascusi, Kristen with a C and Pascusi, P-A-S-C-U-C-C-I. And then also in America, there is a lawyer called Hermaine, Hermaine Hayes Klein, and she is like so good. She's in a few interviews, a few, um, um, like, I don't know if I've seen her in a documentary, but I've heard her heaps of times in interviews. She, on her page, she'll write big, like in-depth things as well, like little essays almost about certain cases she's working on when it comes to like women and who have been violated in birth and all of this type of thing. Violated for no reason, more than likely. Um, so... She's great. Um, her name is Hermione Hayes Klein. So Hayes Klein, like H-A-Y-E-S dash K-L-I-E-N. Um, fantastic. She used to like be really in charge of human rights and childbirth, the international chapter, I'm pretty sure. She's just, these lawyers are just so good at smacking us all across the side of the head and being like, wake up to yourself. Of course you've got rights. Stand up for yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're just so good. And these ones in particular have brilliant um, knowledge base on birth. So I find them all very interesting when it comes to things like in consent and informed consent and things like that. So that is all. Thank you for listening to me just ranting now for a few minutes. Like it's so shame job. I don't even know how you're listening to my voice. It's so embarrassing. Okay. Thank you. Bye.